Learn how thousands of smart homeowners are investing about a dollar to avoid expensive home repair bills. John, a former non-customer, said, My air conditioner broke and I had to spend $1,900 to fix it. Jeff, a customer, wrote, My air conditioner broke and I got a new one at no out-of-pocket cost. Mary, a former non-customer, wrote, My heating system stopped running. I had to spend $3,000 to get a new one. Lisa, a customer, wrote, My heater stopped working. I got it fixed at no out-of-pocket cost. For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home guaranteed fixed or replaced with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now, and the first month is free. If the lines are busy, please call back. Call now, 800-238-9182-800-238-9182-800-238-9182. Again, that's 800-238-9182. The following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for RadioLawTalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, RadioLawTalk.com. Welcome to Hour 3 of Radio Law Talk. We usually don't tell you what hour it is, but we're going to tell you how it's Hour 3. Call us at 855-LAW-RADIO. If you are listening to this online, call your local radio station and tell them, look, you need to pick this up all three hours. Or if uh, you were able to uh, join us uh, after another station decided, hey, we're just going to do two hours of Radio Law Talk, you just give them a call. We appreciate you listening. We love to hear people uh, uh, that that come up to us on the street or friends or family of someone that says, hey, we listen to Radio Law Talk and, and you support us. We really appreciate that. There's a lot of work. Believe it or not, it's not... Like we just roll in here and kick back. We've got to study the cases, look at the cases, and, and understand the different nuances of these cases um, as lawyers, and we, we really enjoy doing that. But remember, we're not acting as lawyers for you at this time. Um, seek local counsel. We're not giving you legal advice. We're just talking about general topics of law. Again, this is exciting, entertaining, and sometimes informative. But look, the only time you want to use Radio Law Talk is when you go before your in-laws or, or a family member you don't really want to hang out with during the holidays and you're around the table and they say the they say thing. Like oh, they yeah. say, just, just, just say, look, Radio Law Talk says as follows. Here's the podcast. And you can go to a podcast because you can search by topic on our podcast page at radiolawtalk.com. And we're also on Spotify. We're on iHeart. We're on a number of different um, Google uh, sp- uh, podcasts. And and you can search on our website a topic and find it in our podcast. So great, uh, great things we've got going, great technology, and we really appreciate you joining us. What we're going to do this hour, we're going to do a case or no case. We're going to talk about uh, police recogni- uh, face recognition. Uh, about We're going to talk about Cosby and Jordan Childs, the uh, – the Olympic gymnast. Something interesting about our mom that we're going to discuss. That uh, uh, you're going to talk. We're going to talk. That was a little eye opening. Yeah, it was eye opening, and and I think okay, but but still, then we're going to talk about a Royal Caribbean lawsuit, and um, uh, the du- uh, the remember the duck boat stuff in Missouri where oh, those yeah. people were passed uh, were killed, uh, pro- approximately seventeen passengers. We're going to talk about that. 
And then an interesting protester out of Utah, what is happening uh, to this protester. It was very interesting. Uh, Cal, you said we got a call? Yeah, we have Ron calling from Hamilton Field in California. Has an interesting question about uh, COVID that may take you down an interesting Uh-oh. path. We're going to go down a rabbit hole here. Here we go. <laughs> no, not at all. all right. uh, Ron, go ahead. You're on the air. Hey, Ron. Hello there. Go ahead, Ron. Hello? This is Fred. How are you? Frederick and Todd, how are you? Um, well, I've got a question. And, and, sure. Uh, I, go, I go back in... Uh, the, when a national program we had with uh, a student service projects back to the HIV uh, finding aids, when we had testing and we knew who uh, had it or didn't have it, and a young person could decide whether they were wanted to, uh, to prevent affliction or not. We don't have that with the COVID situation. So my question really is, in the end, <clears throat> we're getting kind of misinformation about masks, about vaccines, and so forth. But when we know that if a person is transmitting it, whether it's a low level or a high level of affliction, it's still a transmission, and now with young people getting it, uh, uh, greater amounts of uh, affliction, and also it's reported that even younger yet children can be afflicted. There are questions about mother-to-child transmission, which means the offspring uh, being afflicted by this. In the liability sense, in the end, and its liability may not be the right term, but I know that in the end, with the side effects of the of the virus, just like HIV/AIDS and other things, triggering other diseases. Where, in the end, are all these costs going to lay on the public if we don't get these, these viruses controlled? I mean, prevention is what uh, maybe a vaccination can, uh, vaccination can do. Ron, but in the end, we've got a great deal of misconfusion. We think we've got, we think we we got the question, so we're good. we think we've got the question. We'll give you your answer on the air. Thank you. Go ahead, you guys. Yeah, you got to pull us up. There we go. Hey, Ron, I thank you. Yeah, our producer had it. We 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 got the we got the question, but uh, and the answer. We're going to take it off the air. Um, you, you know, he, people always bring up the question: what what are the liabilities that are going to occur because of the COVID nineteen? What what are the issues? What about if someone's uh, been uh, not been vaccinated yet? They've had had the vac, but yet had the uh, COVID-19 and they have the antibodies. Is that like being vaccinated? Is that better than the vaccination, et cetera, et cetera? All this stuff is up in the air. I'm going to tell you right now, Ron, and to give an opinion on that is like uh, sticking your head in a fire. Go ahead. Well, one, one thing I will say is that when you draw the comparison of COVID to HIV, it's really apples and oranges because, first, HIV is, a, is very activity-specific. If somebody is HIV-positive and they engage in sexual activity with somebody else or donate blood, it's very easy to trace the source if somebody subsequently gets, catches HIV, right? And you can trace it back. With COVID, look, if I am COVID-positive and I go to a grocery store and then somebody who is at that grocery store in close proximity ends up contracting COVID, they could have gotten it from me. They could have gotten it from any one of a number of other folks. The causation issue is very difficult to pinpoint with regard to COVID. To your other point that you raised about testing and then people can make the decision if they want to engage in activity with somebody who's HIV positive, I don't believe it was ever the case where the HIV testing results for individuals were made public. We have this thing called HIPAA, where people have the right to keep their own medical information private. And it has never been the case where somebody tested positive for HIV and then it was broadcast out there so that everybody knew 
that that person was HIV positive. What the, the closest they came to that is if somebody tasted HIV positive, they would give the names of others that they had had, other partners that they had had, and then maybe the health department would contact those others to inform them you have been in contact with somebody who was HIV positive, but they didn't give the name. Right. And right. so then the person could do that. So it's never been this blatant everybody knows who is positive or not. And I don't see the same thing happening with regard to COVID. Now, to the third point about the overall costs to society because of COVID, okay, the only thing I can say for certain is, yes, there are going to be overall costs to society. There will be. There will be monetary costs. There will be other costs. The extent, the extent to which those costs will be borne, I don't know. But I know that collectively as a society, we are going to bear them. If you're looking for any one company or individual to bear a greater cost because you can pin it to them, they were liable because somebody else got COVID, I think that's going to be Good very luck. difficult Good to luck. prove. Yeah. Very difficult. Well, that's awesome, and I appreciate the call, Ron. We appreciate you listening to Radio Law Talk, and, and uh, thank you for uh, bringing that up. But we're going to we're gonna move on over to the most important thing. Uh, just give us a teaser, Cal, of case or no case. I don't want to know. I don't want you to go through it, but just give me a, a teaser. Okay, well, our case or no case now deals with a, a, a disagreement around the beginning of Kool-Aid. That's right, of Kool-Aid. Yeah, because Kool-Aid's origins were not what you might think. Well, here's the deal. What is, remember you have always, you know, the saying, what's the saying your parents have always said, don't, what do you, what, you, you drank the Kool-Aid, huh? Or does that go back to the Jim Jones thing? I don't know that, what that the deal. My parents saying was always, what were you, were you raised in a barn? Turn off the, turn off the light and close no, the door. No, no, <laughs> but, my parents uh, would say, or, or I, I swear, so what, you, you take, you take the Kool-Aid? I, I believe, uh, yeah, they drank the Kool-Aid. That's in reference to the uh, Jonestown, Jonestown massacre. Thing. Wow. Uh, yeah, that tragedy, yeah. Yeah, the tragedy. Because I guess what happened is they, that they gave him Kool-Aid, right? That was laced with some, it, um, it was, it was a, it was poison. a, yeah, a mass, well, Build as a mass suicide, in my opinion, a mass homicide, and, and uh, based upon mental manipulation, and Kool-Aid was the means by which the poison was transmitted wow, to folks. So. crazy. All right, we're going to be back and talk about that. We're going to talk about police using face recognition. Cosby may sue. Jordan Childs. We've got a, a very interesting Utah case uh, about a protester. We're going to be back and talk all about this. We hope you'll stay tuned for more Radio Law Talk. As Fred said, lots of good cases coming up. All you have to do is stay right there wherever you're listening to the show, and we'll be back in just a little bit right here. This portion of Radio Law Talk is brought to you by Strauss Naturals. For more information, go to StraussNaturals.com. That's S-T-R-A-U-S-S, StraussNaturals.com. Wayne Elliott here to tell you about my experience with Strauss Naturals Heart Drops over the past 20 years. Strauss Heart Drops saved me back then and changed my life forever. It's hard to describe how invigorating it is when you support your healthy blood flow everywhere. There is scientific evidence that Heart Drops ingredients help maintain healthy lipid concentration. Cholesterol is in the blood lipid group. This supports blood flow, our body's most important function. I was able to maintain a healthy heart and blood flow. Strauss Heart Drops work, I can assure you. No contraindications with pharma drugs. 
Stroh's hard drops are safe, and Stroh's guarantees your satisfaction with a hassle-free guarantee so you can't go wrong and certainly have nothing to lose. I've seen folks taking hard drops that have greatly improved their lives. Available online at StraussNaturals.com. Thank you very much. These products may not be right for you. Always read and follow the label. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-263-2610. 800-263-2610. That's 800-263-2610. You love your dog. Is something bothering him or her and you can't figure out what it is? Maybe they seem slow or lethargic. And maybe they just don't have energy. Wouldn't you like your dog to be living their very best life? PetJoy offers a money-back guarantee on all of its products. If your dog won't eat it or you don't see the results you want, just let us know and we'll make it right. Totally risk-free. What do you have to lose? You can't buy PetJoy multivitamins in a store. The only way you can get them is through this unique radio offer. And if you call right now, learn how to get two bottles free with your order. Turn your dog's life around and make him or her a happy camper. Ain't that right, boy? He said call Pet Joy right now. 800-711-9218. 800-711-9218. That's 800-711-9218. Medicare rules are confusing. They should be. There are over 130,000 pages of regulations. There's Part A through D, Medicare Advantage, and Medigap. According to the CMS, there are government programs available that can help you pay for your medical expenses. Choosing the right Medicare plan is a really big deal. The wrong choice can cost you a lot of money, and the right choice can put more money in your pocket. Call one of our licensed representatives today. At 65 Plus Medicare, our free service can show you a plan that will maximize your Medicare benefits, ensure you are taking advantage of all available government assistance programs, and save you money. Plus, call right now and get a free report on how to avoid costly Medicare mistakes. Call now. 800-220-7612. That's 800-220-7612. This is a great time to call the show. 855-LAW-RADIO. That's 855-LAW-RADIO. Cal, you had a question from a caller? I did. Uh, Al uh, called and asked from the California coast and said, it appears that as the funds are running out for all of these eviction prevention programs, Mm -hmm. that now we're getting another spike. 
And so where do you go for legal aid if those funds run out? I mean, wh- can you get legal aid for that kind of a thing, and should you? Well, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, the, the thing that I was first, it's a difficult question to answer because when you use the word eviction, there are so many different circumstances that might come into play, right. and, and your contract is very specific for your rental agreements. So t- to give specific advice, and we don't really give specific advice on the show anyway, but, but I would say uh, contact – Regardless of what state you're in, I would try to contact a state agency that deals with fair employment and housing. I know in California, it's the Department of Fair Employment and Housing. That would probably be my first step. My guess is you're going to find a frequently asked questions section. This is an issue a lot of people are probably dealing with. So go to that agency and see if there's uh, something that they can do for you. And then the other is if if you don't want to go there, search uh, online for rental attorneys is somebody that practices in that field yeah. so that you can go and this look this is similar to the advice we give everybody find an attorney that you can go down sit across from them in the office or on zoom you can talk about all of your issues your conversations are protected and you have somebody that is answering your question your issues specifically not trying to give a blanket answer to a lot of people yeah. look them look them in the eye and ask yeah. the question i think the other thing that we have not mentioned and that is that the funds are not running out i don't i don't see any, I don't see the state funds running out. State's got a budget surplus of crazy. Federal government's just throwing money at everything. I don't think the funds are running out for those things at this juncture. So if you can find the public agency that can help you, they, apparently right now they've got the money. I do know that. Yeah. I do know that recently there was a, a Supreme Court opinion where the question was about the the federal agencies that there was this moratorium on evictions due to COVID and the Supreme court did not overturn it and not say they did not say that it was necessarily um, that it should be stopped. Now they did question the constitutionality of it, but they didn't stop it. In fact, I let me backtrack. They did find that it was unconstitutional, but they didn't stop it because the terms of the program were set to come to an end within like 30 days of the rendering of the opinion. And that was the federal program. But every state's got their own. Again, go to state agencies that govern housing and, and see if they can answer your question. Seek local counsel. Yeah, and seek local counsel. Hey, Cal. Yeah. We're here for one reason only. We don't want it here to talk the law. We're here to do case or no case. <laughs> All right, here we right? go. All right. Now it's time to play case or no case. And was an inventor of sorts, and he worked for his dad in the family general store. And Ed was fascinated by Jello. And it was Ed who persuaded his father to carry it in the store. Ed Perkins also loved direct selling of products to customers, door to door, rather than from behind the counter. As a young man, he manufactured and sold laundry, bluing, perfume, and many other products of his own creation, printing out labels and advertising material on his own printing press. Eventually, he started a mail-order business. In the 1920s, Perkins moved to Hastings, Nebraska, a more convenient distribution point for his growing business. Eventually, he was manufacturing 100 items, creams, medicines, salves, food, and flavoring, too. And he produced a product called Fruit Smack, a bottled soft drink concentrate in six flavors, the most popular product that he had. The glass bottles were too heavy to ship, too easily broken, and he came up with a way to dry out the liquid fruit smack. Mm. And he printed up his new labels. He called it uh, 
Cool AID, and that ended up being it ended up becoming Cool Aid. Jello, the company Jello, said, "Hey, that tastes like our powder that we get out without the people with gelatin in it." And so uh, Perkins Products Company moved to Chicago, began to concentrate on the manufacture of Kool Aid. General Foods purchased Kool Aid in 1953. But we know this, before they, they purchased it because they felt like it was a competitor with which they could not compete. And so they tried to sue the pseudo inventor of Jello. And so I'm going to. Jello or of Kool Aid? Oh, I'm sorry, of Kool Aid, Mr. Right. Perkins. Perkins Products. And so they, PP. yeah, PP Perkins products, and that is the premise, rather long-winded premise to our case or no case, for, for which I apologize for making it so long, but that's it. And Fred, you're up. So you're saying the issue is did did um, was Kool Aid, Mr. Perkins and Kool Aid sued by Jello by for uh, for taking basically their ingredients of their powdered. Uh, stuff that they put in their jello gelatin, correct? Did, did he take our formula? That was right. their question. You right, right, right. Because he's just putting powder in an envelope, too, just like us. Yeah, right. the answer is no, that's not a case. It's just a scenario, and there's no lawsuit. That was an absolutely uh, made-up case, but I think that uh, – I don't even know if it was a real scenario. I'm not even quite sure, but Kool-Aid and – um, uh, came about because uh, Fred Penny, his uh, dad, a long time ago uh, uh, started using it in the 1930s. So I think my dad did it. I'm, I'm just going to say my dad was in charge of Kool-Aid and, and invented it. <laughs> Fair enough. I can. I've got my own radio show. That's what I'm going to do. My dad, Frederick Ernest Penny Jr., the inventor of Kool-Aid. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? Kool-Aid the, sues the show yeah, for yeah, defamation, for, claiming yeah. you know, <laughs> unlawful <laughs> origin. For those of you trying to sue me, nah, just teasing. Go ahead. What do you think, Todd? Oh, you know, I'm going to say that this is a scenario, and it's a case. And what the heck? I'll go out on a limb. I'm feeling energetic. I'm going to say it's a case, and the inventor of Kool-Aid wins because, look, it might be similar, but it doesn't gel up, right? So it's not the same thing. And as a result, they just decide the uh, Jello or, or General Foods decides, all right, we lost the case. We're going to pay you, and we're going to buy you out anyway. The Jello versus Kool-Aid. Is it right. true or not? We're going to be back after this to find out. Thanks for listening to Radio Law Talk. The answer to case or no case is coming right up. Don't go away. Stay tuned for more Radio Law Talk. It's coming right up after we break away. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing, and you always need to be sticking your fingers. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. You simply apply a discreet, easy-to-use sensor on your body, and it continuously monitors your glucose levels, helping you spend more time in range and freeing you from painful finger pricks. If you test your blood sugar at least four times per day and inject insulin at least three times per day or use an insulin pump and have private insurance, 
insurance or Medicare, you might be eligible for a CGM with little or no cost to you. Call U.S. Medical Supply today for a free benefits check. We offer free shipping, 90-day supplies, and we bill Medicare or your insurance directly. Call now and say goodbye to finger pricks. 800-493-6112 That's 800-493-6112 Are you struggling with a high cost of prescription medications? How would you like to save up to 90% on your medications and have them delivered for free? Now you can with one simple call. Yes, save up to 90% on many of your prescription medications by calling A-plus BBB-accredited healthwarehouse.com based in Florence, Kentucky. No gimmicks, no coupons, no cards to use. And all prescriptions are FDA-approved and safely sent to your home with free delivery. Here's one example of your savings. A 90-day prescription of generic Lipitor can cost $90 at your local pharmacy. HealthWarehouse.com offers the same medication for about 20 bucks. Find out how much you can save on your prescription medications and get free delivery with one free call right now. Call 800-734-1229. 800-734-1229. 800-734-1229. That's 800-734-1229. Speaks Emmy Ad Council. I like the Amadrosa Valley. This is Radio Law Talk. So we went into break and we had the case or no case that Cal threw our way. And the question here is, did, let's see, did General Foods, who later acquired, who owned Jell-O and then later acquire Kool-Aid, did General Foods, prior to acquiring the Kool-Aid brand, sue Kool-Aid for uh, I don't know, for infringing on their product based upon, from their perspective, similarities between Jell-O and Kool-Aid, despite the fact that if you, put, if you mix them up and put them both in the fridge, one's going to come back as a gelatin, undrinkable, and the other comes back as uh, something that is a beverage you can consume. But only if you put them in the fridge, you see. But, but the, this is, the thing that fascinated me about this story was that this guy – Loved to formulate his own stuff. So he'd see this jello come in and go, what can I do? What can I do? And they came up with this liquid concentrate first. And then he came up with a way to dry it. And as soon as he came up to, with a way to dry it, Jell-O said, hey, that's, that's what we've done. We've taken the gelatin and the sugar and the flavoring. We've dried it all out in the powder. All you have to do is add the water. Yeah, I know. Uh, sorry. Uh, it's a little noise outside the studio here, but <laughs> I can't do anything about it. So you, the question is, did they do it? And the answer is Perkins Company moved to Chicago, began to concentrate on Kool-Aid. General Foods purchased it in 1953. Within a year, the popular smiling face was introduced into the ads that we talked about. Pre-sweetened Kool-Aid was developed in 1964. We didn't have to dump in all that sugar. Yeah, yeah. And reformulated in 1970. This great summertime beverage is also the official soft, uh, soft drink of Nebraska. It's still quenching America's thirst, and there was no case. No. So Fred... <laughs> So Fred gets two points because he guesses no case. I, going out on a limb, said case and prevail, which means I get zero points. 
Sorry. So as a result of the day, Fred and I, whatever our scores, I think we were tied or very close. Um, we both got four points today. Excellent. Both got four points. So let me ask you a question, Cal. You may. And that's case or no case, right? Yeah, and we appreciate you listening to that. If you have any ideas for case or no case, send them via email as the preferred method to info at radiolawtalk.com. Okay, so here's my question. All right. Um, you, you're familiar with facial recognition, right? I am. Very facial much recognition so, yeah. software. We've got all this kind of stuff on your phones. And the question is if law enforcement uses facial recognition, Technology to identify them. Let's say they got a. They're using facial recognition te- uh, technology to pick somebody's face out of a crowd. There's our suspect. Does that violate your rights? Is that an invasion of privacy? You know, that's a question that I've had not only with facial recognition but license plate readers that are just placed out there. That's true. In, in random spots, you know. Okay, and so so to get Fred up to see, by the way, you you won case you won case Fred, or no case, won. blah blah blah. <laughs> so um so so we're just okay, starting I'll now with the on now. I know. Well, I tell you what's happening. You know what happens really? This is real life, right? This is real life radio and and live radio and I get uh, calls all the time for people who are in really serious accidents and I had to talk to someone was in an accident. They wanted to talk to me now. So I guess what? I jumped off the radio and said hi to them really quick. And, and some of my other top attorneys are calling them anyway. So anyway, long story short, I know I heard I heard you say I win. Yeah. Of course I win. And, and, I and, was and, right. When am I not right? And if we listened really closely, we almost heard you take that call because the door was open. <laughs> oh, but so, so we're talking about facial recognition. Got it. Yes. And, and the question here is – and this is what the uh, legislature is going to have to grapple with, right. is does the law enforcement use of facial recognition technology, does that violate your your privacy? Is depends. that an invasion of privacy? Depends. You and I have talked about this. That's it right. It depends. That's why Depends should sponsor our show. And I'm telling Absolutely. you, I'm, I'm shouting out to Depends. You want to sponsor our show because we use your name all the time. So it depends. What does it depend upon? Well, let's let's throw out a scenario here. Uh, so a guy gets arrested because he's picked out of a crowd. They know they're suspect, and it, it's a train station, and the cops go and review the video footage of all the people getting ready to get on this train, and they use facial recognition technology. It identifies this guy. They're able to find him, and he is the dude. They ID him in public using the facial recognition technology. Does that violate his right to privacy. Do they have a warrant? First question. No. no. We'll say no, they don't have a warrant. No, it does not. And and uh, No, it does not. And why is that? What, what do you think, Cal? Just your gut reaction. My, to, me, it, to me, it violates his privacy. Okay, and here's why I'm going to say it does not. And Fred, I think you're going to agree with me. Yes, I do. Because the hallmark is, does he have an expectation of privacy in his house? They're always viewing these, these uh, invasions by the government using the standard, is there an expectation of privacy? Well, guess what? We go outside all the time with our faces uncovered. I'm sitting here looking at Fred. I can see Cal. And, and the fact of the matter is, when you're in public, you don't have an expectation of privacy as to your face. Exactly. Everybody can see it. That's the same thing with your license plate. You don't have an expectation of privacy with your license plate if it's publicly displayed all the time. The manner in which law enforcement reviews it is different than saying, does law enforcement have access to it? If you're in public, they have access to it. If they had x-ray vision and, 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 and looked at you in your house, then yes, there may be an issue 
of privacy. Yes, yeah, they just hopped, hopped on, onto your Wi-Fi and suspected you might be in there, but they hopped on your Wi-Fi and saw you in there. And saw you in where? Your house. In your house. See, that's different because when you're in your house, which is not a public place, now you have an expectation of privacy. When you enter your home, you have an expectation of privacy, and the only way the government can overcome that is if they get a warrant, but right. you don't have it when you're in public. In fact, that's a specific protection, the whole home thing. But the question is, this, therefore, is a federal matter and not a state matter, right? It, it's a federal matter, but the fact is, if the states were to employ or come up with the same question, ultimately it's going to get to the Supreme Court. The, the Supreme Court can't rule that the federal government cannot invade your privacy and then say that states can. Either the government can or can't, whether it's federal or state. And the fact of the matter is, in my opinion, simply having law enforcement being able to pick you out of a crowd or being able to review pictures that you've posted online that you have posted online to see if you match the other guy here and they're using facial recognition technology look if you made it public law enforcement can use it you don't have a privacy expectation right that's right so i think and that's and that's something that we're going to watch close as the time goes and we're going to see what happens but i, I would ahead. say i would say this to a certain extent have you ever gone up to somebody and said, hey, haven't seen you in a while. Good to see you, you know, Todd or Cal or whatever. We have facial recognition technology built into our DNA. It's called eyes and a brain. Every time you have seen somebody that you recognize from having seen them before, you have used facial recognition technology, not artificial technology. Every time we see somebody, sure. we recognize them. But here's another interesting thing. I heard that certain major retailers that, that hang out in big boxes are doing the same thing to your face when you go up to those self-pay deals. Right. They will take a snapshot of your face, take a recording of what it is that you're purchasing. But and you don't have to, to go there then. And then no, I say, and then target advertising to you uh, based on that la obvious lack of privacy. Well, I guess the question is, there is no privacy when you're walking around in a store and walking up into a store. Um, I, I don't see that, that someone taking a picture of you or... Uh, has any issue? Now, here's the question: Do taking they a post that? Yeah, though? Taking, Do you know? right. That's another thing. If they're taking a picture and using it to make money off of you, then that there's another argument because right. that. But that's not a that's not a facial recognition issue. That is whether or not you're they're using your likeness to uh, uh, prop, uh, profit off your likeness. That's completely different than what's going on here. And another key distinction, it's the difference between the government using facial recognition technology to perhaps uh, supersede your constitutional rights, which are protections from the government. Those right. are the protections we have, right. versus a private entity using that. So, so if you go into Walmart, Walmart's not the government. They might think they are, but they're not. And, 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 Look, you can choose to patronize that store or not. I would say as long as they are giving you notice that that's what they are doing, I think that would also be very similar. Remember when the big thing for websites and, and they have to give you now this notice? It's kind of annoying that we use cookies to track everybody. Do you right. want to click yes or no? Well, look, if they're going to do that in a box store where they check your face out, they have to give you notice. And, you, and as a consumer, you should have the option to not have that happen to and you. that was my point when Fred said I don't have to go there. You're right. But if I should know, at least. I think you ought to and be able you, to know. You'll see that they've got they've got notices. Most of them do. Okay. Uh, we're going to talk about Cosby when we come back. We're going to talk about the Capitol Gazette gunman. We've got a 19-year-old protester in Utah. What happened to that protester in Missouri Duck Boat? We're going to be talking about those quickly. And then 
What else, Cal? Quick takes. Quick takes. We'll be back. Stay tuned. More Radio Law Talk is coming up in just a little bit. And I don't think you want to miss any of it. We're going to have an exciting show right up until the wheels touch down on the runway. Don't go away. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans, and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance. It's not worth it. Worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-670-0940. 800-670-0940. That's 800-670-0940. I've got to get my car washed. This dirt, it just won't do. The best thing about Quick Cut Car Wash is whenever you go through, the smell in your car is always great, and they have super fun lights and colors. But I don't have no time today. I don't know what I do. Your car smells good and it's clean at Quick Cut Car Wash. And I know this place right down the road. Quick, 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 quick car, car, car wash. Quick, quick car wash. Get the quick quack confidence. Hop inside, let's take a ride and watch this cat and shine. Get the quick quack habit. Take your car once a week. Just come and see, I guarantee your ride will steal the show. I like quick quack because of the mascot, Quackles. Come on, quick quack car. So we sell unlimited membership for per vehicle. You can add a family plan and add an additional vehicle at a discounted rate. Don't drop that dirty car. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-263-2610. 800-263-2610. 800-263-2610. 800-263-2610. That's 800-263-2610.
The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing, and you always need to be sticking your fingers. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. You simply apply a discreet, easy-to-use sensor on your body, and it continuously monitors your glucose levels, helping you spend more time in range and freeing you from painful finger pricks. If you test your blood sugar at least four times per day and inject insulin at least three times per day or use an insulin pump and have private insurance or Medicare, you might be eligible for a CGM with little or no cost to you. Call U.S. Medical Supply today for a free benefits check. We offer free shipping, 90-day supplies, and we bill Medicare or your insurance directly. Call now and say goodbye to finger pricks. 800-493-6112. 800-493-6112. That's 800-493-6112. Boys are weird. This is no fun. I'm done. I'm out here. I want my toy. It's time to pay me now. This is Radio Law Talk. And now, back to the show. That sounded like Todd, that's for sure. Uh, Bill Cosby, <laughs> right? Bill Cosby, uh, and we're not going to get into the details because this is an hour discussion of how we pegged that this thing would be overturned on appeal uh, Radio Law Talk, the host here, uh, pegged it from day one. But now the question is, now that he's out, now that he can't be re-prosecuted on these cases, um, on especially this one case that he was found guilty, uh, uh, improperly found guilty, right? Improperly found guilty according to the appellate court um, because of what happened and the deal, basically, that was struck with the, the former DA. Um what is he going to do? Is he going to sue or not? And and they're they're questioning and they're reviewing whether or not they sue the the lawsuit against the Pennsylvania. And uh, the issue is what Todd and I discussed. What is the the I, I guess what is the legal theory that he's going to sue under? And Todd, you had a great 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 point. So the lawsuits that come as a result of somebody who is later. Uh, released be, for for whatever reason, and I'm using that very loosely. Let's look at the spectrum of, uh, lay this out on a, on a timeline or on a line here, a spectrum of reasons why people can be released. Let's take somebody who was wrongfully convicted. Let's say they're convicted of rape or murder, and then they spend time in custody, and then they're later exonerated, not just released because of some technicality, exonerated because of DNA evidence, and it's shown that an innocent person spent time behind jail. I think that individual probably stands in the greatest position of of being able to sue with an expectation of, pre of prevailing on the likelihood of the merits. I'm not saying it's guaranteed. I'm just saying that's probably the best case, right? And then on the other end of this spectrum, you have somebody that, uh, let's say, was released from custody and, and it was just overcrowding or whatever. The, the law changed. They decided to release him, but there was no question whether or not they were guilty, but they eventually got out or maybe should have been sentenced to something lower than what they were. Well, that's probably the least likely. Here you got Cosby, who's kind of in the middle here, because, listen, when you get tried for a case, the proof is the, – the standard is proof beyond a reasonable doubt. When the jury comes back and says, okay, not guilty, 
right? They're not necessarily saying you are 100% factually innocent, even though you're innocent until proven guilty. They're not saying this didn't happen. They're just saying, look, the prosecutor did not prove it beyond a reasonable doubt. So you maintain your presumption of innocence. That's different than the person that was completely exonerated due to um, DNA evidence where they weren't there with somebody else. You totally got the wrong guy. And so Cosby finds himself in that position because the reasons for him, for his conviction being overturned were because the deal was violated. He should have never been prosecuted. So says the appeal or that evidence should not have come in any statements that he made. Not that he shouldn't have been prosecuted necessarily, no, actually, no, the, the deal was that he was not going to be prosecuted in that jurisdiction, and that's why he went and, and sat for the deposition. And so the government reneged on their deal. Well, you know, that's kind of a good basis, but I don't know that it's as strong as the exoneration. I, I, I couldn't tell you one way or another whether or not he's got a great case or not. I don't think it's as good as the exonerated guys, and I don't think it's as bad as the other end of the spectrum in terms of his prospects. But... Wouldn't surprise me if he finds a lawyer and they run that one up the flagpole. Well, or or Cal, uh, yeah, I got it. So, I think what's going to happen also is possibly, like you said, it could be a settlement. But you know, I think it's a tough road to hoe. To be honest with you, I, I do too. It's a tough road to hoe. So we're going to move on from that. We're going to watch that to see what's happening. And right now, it's all speculation, but they're looking at it right now and they're thinking about it. And that's his son that has come out and said that their son Wyatt uh, saying, "Look." Uh, we're gonna we're gonna look into this, and actually at the same time, kind of criticize Gloria Allred uh, for for touting around the uh, uh, as he said, quote, victims um, uh, against her father. So, anyway, gymnast Jordan Childs. So, gymnast Jordan Childs, her mom, apparently has a. It sounds like a, a fairly successful uh, business. She um, admitted to stealing from her clients uh, and spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on personal expenses uh, from her uh, Inspire Vision property management company. That's right. And so she uh, pled guilty and is supposed to serve, what, one year and one day in federal prison. And then she's supposed to report July 27th. Well, that's right during the Olympics, and her daughter is an Olympic gymnast for the United States of America. So the issue is, is she going to have to uh, show up uh, to – uh, jail and and watch her her child from jail and the answer was which I think was the smart thing and prosecutors did not oppose it is they say can you give a thirty year thirty day extension to when she, when she has to report and sure enough um, the judge said yes we'll extend it out so you can go support your daughter I think it's the right move what do you think Todd you're the pro- former prosecutor and a criminal defense attorney well you know in this case maybe the maybe the right move if you look at it just under a, focused under a microscope but here's the thing uh, there are people that request a lot of times they have a, a pending report to jail date and they want to go out of the state or out of the country go on vacation before they take off and the concern always here is well, what if we never see this person again? Now, it's not like she could go to Japan where the Olympics are going to be held and she's going to stay there. I mean, obviously, the Japanese officials would be, well, you know, unless you got a visa and a right to live here, it's going to be tough. I I wonder how Japan is going to feel when she goes through customs and they look down and see, wait, you're a you are a sentenced defendant on a felony fraud case and you have a report date. I I don't think there's any guarantee that the uh, Japanese officials are going to let her into the country, but she can certainly try. My concern here, though, is is that what does this say about the next person that applies 
for an extension on their date. The court would not normally have granted it. But, you know, look, I don't have a kid in the Olympics or anything like that, but I do want to go here for and you start to see the reasons. He does have a little league game. Yeah. yeah or he yeah, has a soccer yeah. tournament. You start yeah. you start right. to see these yeah. reasons getting lesser and lesser and lesser in terms of severity and importance. And where do you draw the line? I think that the court could have looked at this and said, yeah, I'm sorry, but no. And I think the only reason the court might have allowed it is not for the benefit of the mom, but for the benefit of the daughter. Yeah, if we don't let her go, now we're punishing the daughter for something mom did, and she needs well, a support person. here's another issue is the prosecution did not oppose it. And I think if prosecution opposed it, then the judge might have thought about it. But prosecution, you're not opposing it? Okay. You know, yeah. No big deal. So that's that's what's going on there. Uh, the jury, we got to hit through these quick. Uh, the Capital Gazette gunman, he's found responsible. He tried to claim that he had uh, he uh, by uh, he is uh, innocent through uh, because of mental illness, and he had uh, um, um, insan- he, he did the quote insanity plea. They found basically, look, not only you're not insane, you know, you have the dueling experts here, but uh, the 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 jury held no, you're 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 liable for this case and you knew what was going on especially the attack they're, they're claiming don't forget it was planned with great detail you know he didn't he didn't act exotic or odd about that and the one thing i want to say about this case is this is not this was not a an insanity defense to try to find him not liable for the killings he's already right. pled right the issue here was do you serve your time in prison with everybody else or do you go to the state mental hospital for somebody who might have the mental defect and the judge says no you're going to big boy prison sorry yeah. sorry you, you don't get the benefit of that yeah, and then we've got really quick, uh, just the, uh, finally, we don't have time to get into the to the Utah one. The Missouri duck boat employee uh, was basically charged with manslaughter, the one that, that killed 17 passengers. Um, and then a judge rules, according to People Magazine, and we've read others, but basically there was a toddler, it was very sad, that fell from the Royal Caribbean from the window that the grandfather was holding her and she fell, but the court held that... No, the, it was the grandfather's fault, basically, the court held, and not the uh, Royal Caribbean's fault. And that was a judge that, that held that. So anyway, long story short, that was it. That's We've got more to go over, but we, we are out of time, Cal, and we do what's called quick takes. And you start with Todd Cunin. He's the best. All right, I'll do that. Mr. Cunin, I'm sure well, that you it. have a quick take for us, even despite the look you just gave me. <laughs> sure, sure, I got a quick take. Look, if you want your face to be subject to invasion of privacy protection, then you're going to have to wear a face covering all the time going forward. Okay. No matter what county you live in. And uh, Mr. Penny, what's your quick take, sir? My quick take is Britney Spears is free. That is so exciting, and she's going to have a fun time. Now, Britney, be very careful when everybody comes up and asks you for money. Make sure the answer was no. Before it was, you have to talk to my management or my other people. Now you have to say no. We'll be back next week, 9 to noon Pacific time. This is Radio Law Talk. I'm your host, Frederick Penny, with Cal Hunter, our producer, and Todd Kunin. Thank you for joining us. You have been listening to RadioLawTalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated.
has passed away due to COVID-19. Pay close attention to this message. You could be entitled to a death benefit of over $300,000. The U.S. government has set up a fund to pay families relief if they've lost a loved one due to COVID-19. We know this is a hard time for you, and this fund has been set up by the federal government to help ease your pain. The compensation includes a death benefit and lost wages benefit. Time is limited, so we urge you to make a free phone call right now. There's no cost to you for this claim. All legal fees are only covered once you receive your money. So if you've lost a loved one due to COVID-19, call the legal helpline right now to find out if you qualify for a cash award. Here's our number. 800-923-9018-800-923-9018-800-923-9018-800-923-9018. That's 800-923-9018. Paid for by the IPG Law Group.